You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Once Upon a Time. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Once Upon a Time news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Once Upon a Time. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV, Once Upon a Time. I'm your host for this evening, Jason Parsley, Editor-in-Chief, South Florida Gay News. Along with me tonight is my co-host, Mike Rothman, Hollywood.com. And we have a very special guest in the house tonight, Lisa Lucas, former child actress, star of the hit television show, The House Without a Christmas Tree from the 1970s. Hello. How do you feel about being on the show tonight, Lisa? It's very exciting. It's my first time doing a radio program. It's actually called a podcast. Oh, excuse me. See, I'm still stuck in the 70s. Lost. (laughs) Lost in the 70s, yes. So tonight's episode, episode 12, tonight we saw the, um, the history or the fairy tale land of Beauty and the Beast with Rumpelstiltskin as the Beast. And we got to see the history of the fairy tale, which they completely revamped. And I'm going to let Mike tell you about the history of the the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale. Uh, do we do a short summary first, or do the history first? I think the history. Okay. So believe it or not, because I don't think we think of Beauty and the Beast as ancient, like some of the older ones, like Rumpelstiltskin, for example. Beauty and the Beast is actually one of the first um, one of the first uh, fairy tales. Published in 1740 by, and now it's French, so I'm going to try to, I think you would be good at that. It's uh, Suzanne Bardot de Villeneuve. Suzanne Bardot de Villeneuve. Oh, nice. Merci beaucoup. (laughs) So, here is the original story. You guys all know the Disney story. The original story has the, the Beast was a prince who lost his father at a very young age, and the queen left him alone uh, to kind of, they were having a kind of a war, a battle going on for the kingdom. And, and then I guess there's an evil fairy. There's a, that, that's the one consistent among all versions. There's an evil fairy who, which many women do, made advances at him. And even though he refused, she decided to turn him into a beast, which poor guy, I guess. So then Belle comes along and Belle uh, is the daughter of a merchant. And I guess, again, same thing to, it's very similar in this case to protect her kingdom. She, I think becomes like the beast's prized possession. And then 
she gets swept up in it all. And obviously they, they come to, you know, like each other, like we saw today. And, but in the meantime, I guess he tries to woo her, so to speak. I can't really think of a better word. And she turns him down. But then she starts having dreams about a prince. And she, she starts looking for him in the castle and can't find him until finally the beast lets her go to go see her family. What happens is she has two daughters, two sisters. The merchant has two daughters, and apparently they're evil. It's kind of a yeah. I see Jason states right now. It's kind of a blending of stories. They like the evil stepsisters. Yeah, and they're they're well, they're they're her real sisters. But I guess what they do is they they concoct an, an evil plan. The beast gives her a week to be at home, and then come back. And she leaves with a mirror and a ring. And this we saw this earlier. The ring. Remember, like the turn it three times. What was that last week's or two weeks ago? The, the fairy tale we saw that you turn the ring and you get you come back. It was uh, the original Aladdin story. Very similar with the ring. Well, yeah, two weeks ago with the genie. Genie. Yeah. But we, we were going to do the history of Aladdin, and we saw that, that that was... So that ring is is prevalent in both stories. I guess you twist it three times, and you go back to the castle. And the mirror get, lets you see what's going on at the castle. So what happens is the sisters want the beast to eat beauty, and so they trick her to staying an extra day, and... She stays the extra day because, you know, she, she's obviously sweet. She's, like, pure through and through in all the stories. So they, they want the beast to eat Belle? They want, they want her to stay instead of seven days, eight days, and they want the beast to eat Belle. No jokes here. Okay. <laughs> of course, these two. These two. No, they want her to that, – that was the word. They want her to eat Belle. And what happens is she looks at the mirror – Oh, I can't imagine what's going on right now. She looks at the mirror, sees the castle, or sees the, sees the castle with the beast, and sees the beast passed out, heartbroken. So she feels terrible, twists the ring, goes back, and tells, you know, tells him uh, she loves him, and her tear drops on him, and that tear turns him back into a prince. and Mortal. To mortal, and they live happily ever after. And this did not happen tonight on Once Upon a Time, but this is the, and there's, there's mixed versions. This is blended into a couple old versions, but they were from the 17 and 1800s. Very old story. Well, tonight we saw, obviously, they completely changed the story. It was very, very different from the original. Tonight's story, basically, Rumpelstiltskin was the beast. He saves the kingdom, and his, um, usually he, when he, makes a deal with someone he asked for the first the name of the first child but today he wanted Belle to take Belle home with him and so he takes Belle home she offers herself up as a sacrifice and so they go to the castle and then the rest of it is you know like the traditional fairy tale she falls for him she wants to um, starts having feelings for him they develop feelings it was kind of funny though when when they were they, they they did it really quick. Obviously, they almost pulled like a reality show kind of thing. Like one week was like one minute of the of the show, and it was funny when she when he caught her when she was kind of pulled the drapes down. Before that, when she was like kind of they were trying to start getting feelings for each other, his joke was terrible, and she's like laughing. And did you know? Did you notice that too? I was kind of like, oh come on. Yeah, he said, "Why? What are you laughing at?" And she started being a bit flirtatious, and we saw that she was the ice was breaking, and she was allowed to be out of the dungeon she was allowed to interact with him and she was allowed literally letting in the light you know she was taking the curtains down and letting in life 
and breathing in light and life into him and trying to more make him more mortal and more humanized. So that's when he decides that he, I think that he's afraid of his feelings. So he lets, he decides to let her go and, you know, indirectly he says, go get some straw from the, um, the, the, the town. And that was after we saw our, our, our Prince Gaston destroyed, <laughs> destroyed in a matter of a 10th of a second by Rumpel, which is pretty badass. And amazingly, the rose survived <laughs> the final rose. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of like bachelor, my yes. bachelor um, references. <laughs> references. Yeah, so she goes to town expecting to basically just get to go home because he, he, you know, in not so many words, said, leave and don't come back. And guess who she meets on the way home? The evil queen. Yes, the evil queen, always there to interrupt, the, you know, everyone's plans, disrupt them. For her own purposes. For her own agenda. And... We see her agenda is, of course, to defeat Rumpelstiltskin, and so she gives Belle the way to break Rumpel's curse, which is to kiss him. And she says that the kiss breaks, the, a true love um, will break any curse. So Belle goes back to the castle, kisses Rumpel. He starts to turn human again. He backs away, and he gets mad at her. It takes more than a kiss. <laughs> I guess it takes several kisses, actually, not just one. No, I think it's the belief in the true love, and I think it's him. Le- I think letting yourself go he was is resisting the more. The, he was resisting himself a lot. He wasn't allowing himself to let his heart open. So he decides to base. He decides to send her away again. Tells her never to come back, and she confronts him and says, "You're just afraid of me, afraid of love." And you know, he says, "No, I just care more about power." Than you. My power means more to me than you. It reminded me of Cruel Intentions when Ryan Phillippe is like telling uh, Reese Witherspoon, like, she's like, you love me. He's like, I don't love you. And she's like, you're a coward. And it's like kind of like very similar to that scene. I, I think it reminds you of that because you actually uh, interviewed Ryan Phillippe. Mike Rothman, yes, interviewed Ryan Phillippe um, two weeks ago. And he said that, what did you say about Ryan? He was just kind of boring. Oh, no. <laughs> kind of boring. Okay. So back to the show. In the real world, we see um, Mr. Gold, Mr. Gold, who is Rumpel's alias. And Mr. Gold, at the very beginning of the episode, fires a man who drives a rose truck, actually. He so, possesses his yeah, truck. Yeah, he, he, he possesses his van. He won't give him the opportunity to sell his merchandise on Valentine's Day. The man is no French. And he's, I guess he's, he's, that's his real name in Storybrooke, and he's the, the king that's Belle's father, father in the fairy tale. And apparently in Storyville as well, because oh, we, yeah. we don't know. He does wind up on the, with the queen's instructions. He goes and robs Mr. Gold's home and steals with it, with a bunch of trinkets, the chipped teacup, which, which is his sentimental value to him because that represents Belle. And his lost love. Yes, so we see um, at the very end of the episode, Mr. Gold is beating um, <laughs> Mr. French. Mr. French. And what he did, to the, you know, he's saying, what did you do to her? It's your fault. It's your fault. So obviously something's happened to Belle in the real world in Storyville, and we don't know what. Um, and then we come to find out in the fairy world that in the fairy tale world tells a story that we don't know if it's true or not that the, that when Belle returned to her home after he freed her 
that she was shunned because of her association with Rumpelstiltskin. So she eventually, the father turned on her and put her in the tower, and eventually she threw herself off and committed suicide. But as we learn, the, the evil queen actually stepped, you know, at the very end, tells Rumpel this story. And so immediately we're thinking, well, if she's dead in the fairy tale world, she probably won't be, we probably won't see her in the real world. But it turns out at the very end of the episode, we actually do see her in the real world. She's locked up in a mental institution by none other than the evil queen, which we'll discuss more about later. And that is pretty much the summary. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you away from the talking Wait. point about Rumpelstiltskin? Or yes, the talking points later. Oh, okay. well, this is just a summary. I was going to talk about the time warp and how it goes. In the yeah, we'll talk about it in the... In the, in the you don't want to at least tease what happened in the jail with the Queen and Rumpelstiltskin? No, we don't. Okay. We're, <laughs> we have talking points to discuss. Right. Also, later up after the break... Say some suspicions may be confirmed. Yeah. After the break later, um, Mike is going to share with us an interview with Bell that he conducted. When did you conduct it? Uh, it was, I think, Wednesday. It was uh, Emily Day Raven, who is played Bell, and she's, you guys know her from Lost, is Claire Littleton. I'll let Jason take a sip of his Coke. <laughs> so, so, yes, so we'll get to that after the break. But what was your overall thought to this week's episode? I think it's the best episode by far, and, and the point we'll get to in a second. I thought I honestly had goosebumps at one time. Where I, even though Lisa's like, "Oh, you knew this already," but my first thought was like, "I don't care. It's still badass." It was the best yeah, episode we by far. We it a couple of times so I could relive the moment. <laughs> yes, and and relive it we did. He was having an orgasm on the couch. My bromance with Rumpelstiltskin continues, and I'm not. If it's if it's wrong, I don't want to be right. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it whatsoever. What do you think of the episode, Lisa? Uh, I was not surprised. Uh, I did appreciate some of the more subtle references. Um, they did refer the Queen referred to an issue with uh, a mermaid, and that brought to mind, of course, was the Little Mermaid actually a fairy tale? And Jason did a little bit of research and discovered that in fact the Little Mermaid was a, a fairy tale in the late 1800s from Germany. Um. Dutch. It was Dutch. Oh, it was Dutch. Excuse me. So yes, that was interesting. I didn't know Little Mermaid was and a fairy tale. We had our reference to the last scene, uh, which was a time warp scene, which we we are sort of contemplating and trying to figure out if there's any kind of um, a commerce-related references or relations between Disney or ABC to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the film, because in the last scene. Um, we are suddenly transported back in time into the 50s where there's a nurse ratchet-like character who's running the asylum. And uh, it turns out that Belle in the Storyville, the, in reality, is being held captive by the mayor, uh, alias the Queen. And she, uh, as she walks by down the hall to go check in on Belle, we see an uh, Indian-type figure in a, with a mop, which is totally reminiscent from the film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the man who eventually um, killed the Jack Nicholson character. I've never seen the movie, so I'll let um, Lisa and Mike talk about that. But overall, I thought it was a great episode. So I'll let Mike talk about that. Five Oscars. Have you not seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Michael Douglas's first production. What year was this? Uh, 1975. I wasn't born yet. Well, got an 8.8 IMDb rating. Danny DeVito is uh, one of the supporting characters. And Jason has the balls to say to me earlier when we were talking about Twilight 
And I said, uh, I don't watch Twilight. He goes, you don't watch Twilight? You haven't seen one blue? I think they showed that in school, like high school. It was like a mandatory film to see. How can anyone not watch Twilight? I mean, are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? I'm Team Jacob. Can you do an interview with Taylor Lautner, please? I'll try. That's a good one. I'll try. I'm still going for Rumpel. I want uh, Robert Car- uh, Carlisle. Robert Carlisle. Bad to interview. He's hot, even uh, with a little bit of gold glitter. He actually was kind of looking sexy tonight. Glitter rubbing off on me. <laughs> so, what's our first talking point tonight, Mike? Uh, what do you, you want to talk about? I mean, we got to get into it. The Rumpelstiltskin line in the jail with the queen. Got to get into that. Okay. So, our our thoughts are confirmed. Rumpel knows, and it was a badass, badass scene where. It was really cool. The queen sat down. She sent away Emma. She sent away Henry. He's in jail. He's in jail for he, he's in jail for beating up Mo. Was it Mo? I said it earlier. French. Mo French. And he's also in jail for obstruction of justice because he he knew where the guy was. And, and Emma's trying to solve a crime here. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Well, actually, he we didn't. He, she didn't say what she would arrested him for. So no, I think I think she mentioned earlier she goes, "I'll arrest you for obstruction of justice." But that was before he beat him up. Oh well, I'm sure it's both. What? What? Who cares? Okay, so they're sitting down, and the queen, in in uh, typical queen fashion, says, "What's your name?" And he goes, "Mr. Gold." That's what I've been called as far as I can remember. And since I've been on this earth, since I've been on this earth, and the queen goes. And the, the music gets, sorry, the music gets all, you know, serious. And the queen's like, no, what's your name? And he does a little smirk, which was just, you knew it was coming. He said, first of all, you have to back up a little bit, just starting to joke. Okay. But you have to say, he said, do you have what I want? Yeah. And okay. she said, yes. And we're not sure if that means the chipped cup or Belle herself. We're not quite Maybe sure. Maybe Belle, a little she, He says, well, my name is Mr. Gold. That's, that's since I've been on this earth. And she says, your real name, if you want what I have, then you have to tell me your real name. And, so, and, and she says, well, he says, I'm Mr. Gold as long as I've been on this earth. And then she said, but what about moments spent elsewhere? Uh, yeah, elsewhere. And then and he, that's when he smirks. That's when he smirks. And that's when he goes Rumpelstiltskin, which is the cool. We rewinded that, I think, what, three times? Yeah. Yeah. And then he even to throw it into you know a little insult to injury at the end he goes he takes the cup that she you know the chip cup that he wants as a reminder of well, Belle. she gives him the chip cup back and he goes thank you your Majesty and she said well, she stolen. looked at it and she said over this which, you know she poo pooed it and dismissed it as like what well, I can't believe you're getting this sentimental about a cup which Mo French actually stole earlier on yeah. at, at the direction of uh, the queen. Right. So, so wh- oh, this is a talking point. So let's get into it. What, it, what are the implications? What happens now? The two are going to go at it left and right now in the real world. Well, I think it shows that the, the queen, obviously, we knew the queen knew. And through, through many other references, we figured out that um, Mr. Gold knew the truth as well. But we didn't know if the queen knew that Rumpelstiltskin, that Mr. Gold knew. So yeah. now, now we know for sure the queen did not know up to this point. Right. That he, yeah. And it's, it's brilliant, too, because we all know the original deal. He said, if I say please, you know, you have to move. And she's like, what? It, it's so, it's so typical. no one would remember. He's, yeah, I'm saying it's so typical of these fairy tales. They throw in one little caveat, and they go ahead and do, like, you know, the thing. And then the, the, only the person that's creating the curse or the spell or whatever it is knows how powerful that one little thing is. So she agrees to it. And now every time he says please... She does whatever he wants, so and, and things are going to get amped up now because 
He's going to keep doing it. And in the beginning of the show, when it first started airing and in the trailers, they kept saying only one person knows the truth. So they kind of led you down the garden path because you're thinking, okay, it must be the queen. But I, I quickly realized that, that Mr. Gold remembers. I still think it's Henry's the only one. I think, look, they know the truth of the fairy tale and the real world. I think Henry knows the truth of what's going to play out. As far as he has the book, and he knows how oh. it's going to play out. They don't know their own lot. They know their fairy tale. He doesn't have the book anymore. Well, he's read it though. Right. So I think maybe he just knows exactly well, how it's going to play out. Yeah, the trailers never explain what truth they're talking about. Right, really. but I'm yeah. just saying we just now, assume the truth meant truth. I don't think anybody tale. knows how it's going to play out. I think he he knows what they all know. So now three people know for sure. But, but, I mean, what, what, well, actually, there may be a fourth, a mysterious stranger, which we did not see yeah. tonight, and we barely saw two weeks ago. It's very interesting about. His character so far, he, he's really Who? the mysterious stranger. Remember I told you, only, IMDb only had him in four episodes. I was like, oh, he's going to be cut out at some point, and then he can come back in. Well, he, he really has done almost nothing. The he's guy just, in the motorcycle? Yeah. He's done almost nothing. He's, he's just, just a writer. Yeah. He's just showed up, said a few lines, and then disappeared again. He's had no real plot line, so they really what are What was in keeping, the briefcase that was a typewriter? Yeah, he's, they're right. keeping him as a big mystery, but that's off point. Um, but he's also very good looking, so there could be a love interest for Emma. Oh, there will be. Know. That's absolute. You know, they've got to keep a love interest. They killed off the Huntsman so quickly. Which is actually, since you didn't watch Lost, Lisa, that was one of the trademarks of Lost, is that they killed off their like three or four main characters oh. in season one. I mean, they just yeah. killed people off. Left oh, and right. really? And you, people you didn't expect, you're thinking this person's going to last like the whole series, and then they die. Well, what, was the, what was the first one? The one that um, is in Vampire Diaries now, the big one that was killed off the first season from the blood transfusions when the plane fell on him. Mm-hmm. He was one of the ones that was like a breakout star, and then all of a sudden he was gone. Um, God, what was his name in the show? Because I know I'll have to look that up. He was he he's he's been obviously a big star ever since. And yeah. so he like you're right, you're dead on. He was killed off what we fans thought way too soon, but it's a great formula and keeps you you know wanting more. And no far, no coming back. In yeah. this in this series, the Huntsman was killed off, and also the Fairy Godmother and Cinderella was killed off pretty quickly. And um, this leads me to something that I think is a, a talking point in in the fact that I did not watch Lost. So I was not familiar with the for- format or anything, and uh, I am usually pretty good at following complicated plots, and so far so good. I'm following what's happening, but you know we were watching with some other people who just who couldn't follow the plot because uh, it's very, very confusing. And I guess apparently if you've seen Lost before, it's easier to follow this kind of format. But I just want to say I think that may be a little difficult for some for the average fan to stay tuned to this program because it can be a little bit. Um, disconcerting and very confusing, and it can make people frustrated and make them tune out. So I know I I, think, I I agree with you. On yeah, that. they have to start walking a fine line with this if they want to keep a, an audience like me, for instance, uh, who's never seen Lost. I don't well, know. Wait, wait, wait. I don't I, know because I think Lost. I think the mystique was sometimes you know what you just say f you that the the audience that doesn't get it and you you hone in for the the sharp and you know in, incisive kind of people and i think loss was like that and they had you know lasted six years i think i think to a point um sopranos is like that too and it just shows that the the hubris that you know the writer of, of sopranos has with the final episode he didn't care that it ended and that was i mean still remember to this day the uproar of mm-hmm. that blackout scene and sometimes these guys you know, this is everybody's human. They get you know a little cocky, and they're like, you know what? Some of these writers are just like, I don't, you know, I don't care. No, I'm just saying. I think that they ought to 
be a little mindful of their audience and the people that have not yeah. been fans of loss that they could lose people along the way if they get too convoluted and too confusing yeah. and too complicated. And yet they still have managed to, to put in very subtle references that are very clever. And for people who are, are paying attention, you know, they're like little um, flowers along the path. They're like, oh, my little gems that you pick up like you would in maybe a video game or something for your bank. You know, it's like, oh, wow, that's a reference to something from Lost or I, I don't know since I hadn't seen the show, but I think it can get confusing, but I think that if you're a fan of Lost, you'll definitely already be used to it. But even, even beyond that, um, I remember Lost used to have a lot of recap episodes. They would have... Um, sprinkled throughout i think every season they would have a, just a whole sh- episode dedicated to recapping the season up to now was that to help educate the audience yes to, to keep them yeah. to keep them kind of on track and what mm-hmm. the hell's going on because it was confusing that's how i actually started watching lost was that was my yeah. first right. episode was with one like of those the, recaps with, with like the episodes. subtitles to explain like stuff that was going on I remember those wow. like, that was know. actually even later on those are great those were in the later season but in season one and the Maybe in the the first half of the first season, um, there was a recap of the whole season up to that point. Okay, but let's pull it back to Once Upon a Time. I mean, that's so, what they did that here, if you walk into this next week for the first time, you're going to be totally lost. True. No pun intended. But, no, but, but, I, but I think but, they keep the fairy tales episodic, so you can kind of get on the one fairy tale of the episode. Well, and I do agree with I that. But also, any way you could follow the show if you came into it for the first time. But right. I think, but I think being since. Half the show is about a fairy tale land itself. You don't really need to follow it as closely, I think, because it is a fairy tale and it's not real. Right, but trying to figure out who's who in which world is, you know, could but that would be those distracting that you missed the whole episode. That can be the fun of it, though. Another point of saying that I don't think they care is the 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 tributes to Lost. You know, the A15 at the clock that we talked about before, and the Apollo bars, and again, those are lost on me. Yeah, yeah, I, I like think me. again, I, I, it lost yeah. on me. Uh, <laughs> I think That's it just, but, was intended. but I think it just shows that they, they don't. I don't think they care. Not not me. I'm not saying I'm not defending. I'm just saying, but I think they shows that they maybe don't care and the you know the bringing the back of emily which i think was a great casting she's fantastic and i think she picks her roles well i think um it just shows that they really don't pander to the masses as much as in other words they don't care whether you get lost or not (laughs) exactly they don't and i do want to say because genre genre um tv shows have gotten much more sophisticated over the years and now you're right. I don't think they care as much. You know, they're like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But I do want to ask Lisa, since she's with us and she is a a real act a real actress. I want to ask her about the acting of the characters and how well they're doing. Any any insights, Lisa? I would say overall they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, just kind who, of who's doing the best? Well, I think Emma, only because she doesn't have to play a fairy tale character. I mean, because she's she's more believable. The, to, to watch them go back from queen to mayor, you know, it, it so clearly slaps you in the face that they're acting every time because the transitions are a reminder. And I throw twizzlers in your face. What about Carlisle? Is it twizzler out of my face. Uh, Rebel Stilson's <laughs> getting a little bit of Emmy buzz for uh, next year. What do you think about that? I think if anybody was going to win an Emmy from this show, it would be him. I think he's doing a fabulous job. There, that's, a, that's an interesting point because that transition, for some reason, does not seem... The Queen, uh, the, her dual roles are, seem very, uh, a little bit stilted and a little bit um, not smooth, the transitions. And with 
with Mr. Gold, I feel that he's, it's almost like Rumpelstiltskin without the glitter. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel a big gap between the two characters. I think that they're consistent and they're together. And, it's, well, and I, I don't feel the effort of him trying to play two different fluid. characters. It's always, the sadness right. is always there. It's fluid in well, both characters. It's a smooth transition. I, you know, I think that I think is Mr. Gold gets to play the same character in both lands. He just well, has so a different name. Well, well, yes and no. I think the queen, she has to be the, quote, mayor. So she doesn't get to be the evil queen in the right, real world. No, I don't agree. Because you were saying the same thing. He's playing, you know, a pawn or antique dealer or whatever he does and and he's Rumpelstiltskin in the fairyland she's the queen here and now she's the mayor it's not that into different what he's trying to do does you anyone know? stand out as a really bad actor or actress I'm or? not I gotta admit I'm not too crazy about Jennifer Goodwin really? Snow White? yeah I think Snow's a little bit bland <laughs> a little bit white <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I like her better in the fairy tale land yeah I think that she suits that role I don't like her at she, I think Margaret. she's really um, trying too hard to be Mary. Um, I'm not buying it. I think I think our audience will hate that I said this, but I agree with you on that. Be, only because I think every time it's just the Prince and Snow White episodes, they've really been lulls in the season. Where it's, where it's ones where we get, I mean, we never, I think, never really hate the episodes, but we get outside sources being like, ah, I really? I think Henry is really good. Oh, Henry's great. I think he's, he's fantastic. But, you know, a lot of young actors get overlooked, just like the kid apparently in Extremely Loud um, was overlooked and snubbed at the Oscars, and apparently he's, I haven't seen it yet, but he's amazing. What about the uh, Mirror Mirror on the Wall that we saw last episode that we, can, uh, we didn't get to do a show about, but what did you think of him? I, I didn't care for that actor at all. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, any thoughts of the Mirror Mirror on the Wall? Uh, he's okay. I mean, he's nothing special. He's, yeah, it, it's a little forced. When he, like his... His drunk scene at the diner, and yeah, and and Jilted. even at the end, his like his yeah, and then even the fairy tale world, he was kind of forced too with the the love, and I mean, I know it's all it's all out, it's not it's unreal, it's supposed to be unrealistic, but yeah, I guess his his performance kind of was yeah, lacking for me. I I mean, I still love the queen. I think she's great. I love her both sides of her. But um, speaking of that, I do want to say it's interesting this episode some of the supporting characters, which this is the first episode that has featured them in any any way. Like we saw Cinderella come back tonight's yeah. episode. Well, I didn't know what her role was. I, I mean, it is, she, yeah, it really, they kind of plugged that in there. I don't, is well, there a reason? And, well, why, I, and the whole complaint about her her husband being at work all the time, what, what, what's that supposed to be about? Well, I, I seriously, what, like, W, all right. I, I had a point. Like, like, what the hell is she complaining? Oh, he's always at work. Really? All right, go che- go to a strip club and go cheat on him. Like you, you well, the moron. Best, the best line I got to say. One of the best lines is, "Okay, honey, I got ten minutes. Let's go into the truck." That was good. <laughs> well, your wa- your wagon or is it your yeah, carriage awaits? Your carriage awaits. Yeah, well, my truck in the back. And your hanky pinkies, your hanky pinkies yeah, right. would be on the floor in a matter of no time. We got ten minutes. I thought it was funny because. Um, I, I originally, when I, I saw her being sad and whatnot, I thought, oh, well, I guess um, not everyone is going to have a happy ending. And, oh, I wish and I had the, And they ended up having a real happy ending. Yeah, so yeah, wink, wink. wink. Well, no, the truck was rolling. She ended up getting engaged at the yeah. end of the episode. So my whole thought process was, wow, it's showing that these people aren't going to live happily ever after. Wait, I thought they, they weren't going to live... I thought that even if they get together uh, in Storybrooke, they're not going to live happily ever after like they would in the fairy tale Well, we world. don't know yet. Maybe the truck 
hits a tree. You know, that's true. We don't know. That's, that was my original thought when it started going in that direction because I said they had this girl Obviously, out. Something's going to go on because she's complaining, and who's going to complain about a guy who works too hard? <laughs> a know? lot of girls complain about that. Oh. You never had. In you never dated state, a guy that worked too hard. No. <laughs> in this economy, are you kidding? Well, the, uh, well, we gotta get we gotta get into the cards from from David to Snow. And that was a classic blunder. With Valentine's Day coming up, guys, do not make this mistake. Seriously, you give if your you're, mistress if you're your wife's card. Yeah, if you're dating two chicks, don't give one chick the wrong card, or if, just don't put any name on it. Lisa, if that happened, I love that it, was, it was no, it was I woof you, Catherine. <laughs> it was the best part about it. <laughs> yeah, I woof you. No, but um, Lisa, if that happened to you, what would you? How would you feel? Um, I'd shove that card somewhere where the sun don't shine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, I, I thought it was uh, it was pretty classic. <laughs> it was funny. I didn't see it coming. I really didn't because they. I think the Snow White Prince. You know, the Prince Charming, Snow White Prince, whatever. Prince Charming, but awfully dumb. Yeah, their, their relationship is kind of boring, but I, I liked how they threw that 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 little uh, twist in there because otherwise. Oh, wait, can, excuse me. Can we say one thing? Anna Karenina, really? They're, what? they're both reading Anna Karenina. Oh yeah. And, yeah I mean, yeah. really? Ooh, what? And she says, "Wait till the ending." What? <laughs> what, what? What? What did you say? In the diner, they're when we, they were like at, they're not at supposed to table. be together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're you know looking at each other with these ridiculously long takes of them looking at each other surreptitiously. He, he's reading Anna Karenina, and she's like, how are you liking it? Because I guess she suggested to him to read oh, Anna yeah. Karenina. Wait till you get to the end. It's like, yeah, she dies. <laughs> you know, she gets run over by a train. I never read the book. <laughs> oh, dear. No, <laughs> you never saw one of the coups in that, so I mean... And you never read Anna Karenina, so... You ever, have you ever read, read Anna Karenina? No, I haven't, but at least I have some kind of culture. Do you even know who it's by? <laughs> no, I don't. Tolstoy? Never heard of that one either. Oh boy, it's War and Peace. Maybe? War and Peace, yeah. War and Peace. I War. What's it good for? We're not going to get into nothing. Right now. Although you know what, I I got to digress for a moment and just say we have not taken one second to oh, pay yeah. tribute to Whitney Houston. Um, That's true. And I just thought we should take a moment. And um, has any news come out about what? Does anybody know what happened? All we know is that so far is that the autopsy has not been released. She was found in her hotel room after an afternoon rehearsal for Clive Davis's party that night. So it was she was fine. Uh, it happened very quickly apparently because she had been in a rehearsal and then she was found a couple hours later. And well, actually, she room. she wasn't performing. I did read that she was not report. She was not going to perform that night at the at at, oh, the, at okay. the party. She just attended the room. She was just going to attending, and I did read that um, the bodyguard found her in the tub. So, do you the think bodyguard? Was, you know, the bodyguard. Yes, the bodyguard. Are we all thinking OD? Is that obviously the consensus? I think that's basically the consensus. I mean, I oh. hate to rush a judgment like Amy Winehouse apparently had no drugs in her system, and so she didn't. No. What did she die of then? They're not sure. It could have been from withdrawals, a heart, a heart issue related to withdrawals. It wow, could have I been um, alcohol poisoning. Yeah, and the, and the media really shouldn't speculate just quite yet until more details come right. out because no, well, every report says, oh, well, she uses all these drugs, but, but we don't know why she died. And then they, But she uses all these drugs, so it's like, well, well you know I what? Didn't, no, I didn't want to turn this into a, a thing about her. I just wanted to... Just pay homage for a we moment. Can move on. We will always love Whitney. I loved her um, as long as I can remember. Definitely one of the greatest voices of our time. And with that, I think we will move to commercial break.
After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. Mike back with uh, some news for you. So, yeah. As Jason loves to uh, publicize, along with Lisa being a child actress and my, and my interviewing abilities, I did talk to Emily from Lost and now Once Upon a Time. Thank God she's back. And uh, we talked about how it's different from the two. She was really cute about, I guess, the fact that the gowns are, you know, stuff that I'm not into, but the gowns are beautiful. And it's a lot. She said, quote, um, it's nice to wear some beautiful gowns as opposed to, wait, we need more dirt on your face, which I thought was kind of cute. And, she, you know, I could picture her getting in, obviously, by the beach, <laughs> throwing mud in her face. And she actually was pretty up to date on the tributes, which is really impressive that she saw the 815, the clock, the Apollo bars. She mentioned a couple others. That was nice to see. She mentioned the wine bottle. Yeah, there was a wine bottle, which I I wasn't going to bring up because I didn't know what had been lost. I looked, at, I tried to do some research. I couldn't find anything, but she would know. And then um, playing, she gave us like little tidbits, which we all saw with the episode. So that's kind of old news. But um, what else did she touch on? She talked to obviously not just me because I'm not that special. But she talked to Entertainment. Yeah, she talked to Entertainment Weekly because she obviously did a round of interviews, and she said she's going to be back, which is I, I didn't you know. Hey. Well, we turned out she was because she's in, yeah. in the mental institution. So we had a little up on on that one. If you if you did your research and you 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 know you read your your articles, you knew when she supposedly died and threw herself off the tower. She really didn't die and did not throw herself off the tower. So, and then. Uh, that was pretty much it. She said, yeah, she said, I do come. Excuse me to interject. No, no, go ahead. Do you think that Rumpelstiltskin would have the power to, to know that or not? You know, I think, I think in the fairy tale end, there's always limitations. And I mean, apparently, he seems it's like what, he can yeah. do anything and he knows everything that's going on, but he wouldn't know if she killed herself or not. Well, I think the moral of, of all of it is, is the limitations are what you want the most. The queen oh, wants, that's what a, we're gonna talk the about. queen the wants power. to fill her heart. You know, the power and the control of the queen, it's all about her power and wanting to control everything. You know, what is the queen? Why did she kill the huntsman? Why did she, you know, yeah, why does she do everything? She's story. motivated by power. And control. She wants her happy ending is everyone else to be miserable. Right, which is kind of a schadenfreuden situation. Yeah. So, that's pretty much news. And then I know Jason loves to bring up 
his favorite segment, our favorite, you know, favorite parts of the episode. Jason, I'll let you go first. Well, my favorite part, my favorite moment of the episode was absolutely when Rumpel revealed himself to be Rumpelstiltskin oh, at the end. That. You stole it. You, you just did oh, that to get into my skinny I'm not with these two because I already knew it. You already knew what? I already knew that. No, that was my, I said that was my favorite moment of the oh. episode. Lisa, what was your favorite moment of the episode? You're such a bastard. You just stole it. You stole I, my favorite I, moment. I'll have to say it was the Cuckoo's Nest Indian. Unflavor the Cuckoo's Nest ref, uh, references. I just loved it. <laughs> Walking through the middle institution. What it means, or how it got there, or what the connection is, but I thought it was great. If it was just a whim of the director or the producer or the writer, I loved it because I was one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, it was great that they. I mean, it made no sense, but (laughs) I still liked it. I'm gonna have to watch it now. I'm going to reveal. I'm I'm stealing and I'm doing the same one because like I was the one. Dude, you gotta rewind it. You gotta rewind it. That was the best. Oh, he was like a kid in the candy store. It's like, can I see it again? You can't come up with the same one, dude. It, it's it's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not settling for any other or scene. How about when he catches her from the curtains? And that was that was <laughs> the dumbest scene ever. No, not a chance. The curtains. That was corny. If you notice, it was fake too because they didn't show the fall. They just showed like oh, and then he was she was like in his arms. I'm like that was kind of fake. Although I, speaking of fake, I must say for a a weekly episodic show. They're not doing bad. I mean, I know we're in a computer-generated age, but I think even with the CGI effects, I think that the sets are really not that bad. They're not as cheesy as one would one might expect to be in a weekly episodic. They don't have a lot of time. And well, a fairy tale could come across as really no, but cheesy. It's really not. It's not that bad. Well, speaking of that, actually, there was one cheesy CGI, CGI oh, effect. The breath. The breath. Oh, the breath. I had to say, I got a little. I get very distracted by these kind of details. And the breath when they're on the corner when he gives her the well, Valentine's well, the pr- Day. The prince yeah, the prince is Snow White on the corner. Snow White and and Dan Daniel. What's no, Prince Charming. Prince Charming, okay. It was named David. David, right. Um, and they're showing their breath. I'm saying, God, it's cold wherever they're shooting this. And it's like, yeah, and their little breath came out while they spoke. And then all of a sudden, there was like a train, a steam, <laughs> steam coming out of their mouth, like a steam engine. It was like know? never ending. And he wasn't even speaking. <laughs> Yet there was a, like, he must have had four cigars lit. You know, I don't know. It was just so bad, the CGI sm- um, breath effects. So that was <laughs> think, a little distracting. I think it's okay for all, well, I mean, obviously, Lisa doesn't agree but for if, if we wanted to if we wanted to for all of us to agree that the best scene was Rumpelstiltskin yes yes I'm, I'm, all right. I'm reliving it in my head right now and it's still a I mean, badass scene where he smiles and says Rumpelstiltskin it just was it's no, still badass I, I, I agree and, and watching you react to it was, was worth it oh so. my god ah! So, yes, I, I, I screamed like a little girl. I concur and said that that was the best moment. Yes, best moment. Okay, I guess um, we will move on to predictions. Predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, guys. Uh, Jason and Lisa wrestle. I'm going to go into my predictions. I always go last and I always lose it. My first, I think Peter Pan and Hook are coming. And Peter Pan, Peter Pan is going to be an old guy in Storybrooke. He grows up and is an old guy. So it's going to be one where we see two different actors for the same time period. Yeah, I said it. Don't be I say it. Where, where did we pull this out? Peter Pan. What did you pull that out of? I pulled that out of my own. Peter Pan. And, okay. Peter Pan? That's not even a fairy tale. Uh, well, I predict that Belle is gets... Is one of the cougars that's a fairy tale? <laughs> no, but that's not the main storyline. I predict that Belle 
breaks out of her mental institution and finds true love with Rumpelstiltskin. I agree. I'm all for that. Well, any other predictions, Lisa? That the mystery man with the typewriter is going to fall madly in love with Emma and they're going to get married. Very good. And that brings us to the conclusion of our show this evening. Thank you, Mike, for being a great co-host. And thanks, and a special thanks to our special guest, former child star, Lisa Lucas of A House Without a Christmas Tree. Thank you. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principals.